1: Smeddy here, and I had one major complaint about Florida. Only one? Welcome to another edition of Golick and Smeddy. Mike Golick Sr. here along with Jess Matana. And Jess, this will kind of be a college football preview show. We did did Notre Dame preview last weekend, and I'm sure it was our highest rated podcast ever. uh, I would imagine.
0: Certainly. Gotta be,
1: yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna do more around college football uh with uh, Spencer Hall and Holly Anderson from Shutdown Fullcast Podcast and their channel six newsletter. They are so dialed into college football and the surrounding things. We'll jump into with them for a minute. There's a couple of ancillary headlines out there, one in the NBA and one in the NFL, but I you know we haven't talked about this in a while. And I'm not gonna lie, I've been a little disappointed in you in a while. I've not heard enough about any kind of baked good that I can be jealous of and or the crew with Levitard has been able to enjoy. So where are we? Did you just give up on baking? Are you done?
0: No, I didn't give up. No, I, I told you I made the pistachio apricot bars two weekends ago and they were really good. But then Mike, something happened last weekend. That has shaken up. Really? Okay. So
1: the pistachio barge, but you took on a boat and it was hot and they all melted and then they got destroyed. Yeah.
0: But I had one. I had one. Okay. So
1: what now Um, happened?
0: I have a new hobby. It's a hobby that a lot of people your age also have. I know
1: you're going, and my wife has asked me to ask you about this, but you're going to tell us about (laughs) this because I don't envision mid 20 year olds playing pickleball. Yet here you are. Well,
0: okay late late 20 year olds I have to clear that right. clear the record i'm I'm getting older you know maybe team sports aren't for me anymore but I discovered pickleball me and my friend who played uh, Division one soccer at North Carolina uh, so she's extremely athletic and competitive decided last weekend you know what Miami we got free pickleball courts she ordered uh, a paddle you know a couple paddles and some balls she's like let's go play let's let's see how it goes so we went we were both addicted to it I've now played like three weekends, uh, weekend days in a row. I missed Saturday, which I was really bummed about because my my cousin came in town. So I couldn't play. I made her come with me on Sunday and play with me. Um, my boyfriend's into it. Like the whole family's into it. I'm playing. I'm waking up sore. Like my neck's all screwed up now. I had to get like a neck massage last week because of it. Like, I'm not used to playing any sort of sport like this. I usually don't do like tennis or anything like that. But pickleball has changed my life, Mike. It is so okay, much Okay, so,
1: so my wife and I, Chris and I used to play tennis a bit, but I like the thought of pickleball. Now, we haven't played yet because obviously the court is smaller. So is there less running and is it less intense? Though you're starting to tell me you're sore and stuff, but...
0: It's intense. I mean, it, it is intense. There is less running and it's way... Less hard on your okay. joints, in well, my that's, opinion. That's why older like my, people do
1: it. <laughs>
0: exactly, I and th- this is just my experience with it so far. Like it's been it's been intense because me and my friend are super intense and we try to beat each other. And so I'm hitting it like as far this way as I can, and she's running that way. And I've heard that when you play with doubles, it's a little bit. Oh yeah, easier. you're not There's moving as much. Running. Sure. You play you play like a shorter sure. game sure. too. You're not trying to hit it in like the backcourt. I don't know that to be true. I haven't done it yet, but me and her are like going at it. And it's just not like the, the, you know, tennis racket can be a little heavy and the swing I find to be really hard on my shoulder and my elbow, but this little like pickleball paddle is less than a pound. It's tiny. It's light. The ball is super light. So you don't have to hit it very hard. And so I found that it's definitely not as, as hard on my elbow and my shoulder as tennis was when I used to play that when I was younger. Okay. All
1: right. So, cause we, we are, Looking to get into leagues against people our age, you know, not you youth that can right. run around and still do things. Can you hit the ball at your opponent? Is that legal or is that considered dirty? Oh,
0: absolutely. I I believe so. I think that's a that's a great strategy. Because in tennis,
1: you know, when they get close to the net, they do that.
0: Yeah. However, I will say, like, it's when, when it's coming straight at you, in pickleball, it's easier to hit it back. Like, you don't have to hit it as hard for it to go over the net. Like, it's just a di- – it's basically ping pong – like it's live action ping pong. It, you're okay. you're just playing ping pong on a giant ping pong court with a little bit bigger power. Okay,
1: all right. I, I'm glad because I saw you talking about it with your friend on Instagram and, and, and Chris was, my wife was like, you got to ask Jess about that because it's something we're going to get into. We're trying to find a place here in South Bend where we're at. And then when we're in Scottsdale, try to find uh, places to play because one thing Chris and I did do, we went to a fundraiser and they did a bocce ball tournament. And, oh, by the way, oh, I
0: love By the
1: way, Chris had never played before. We won. We were the champions. Wow. We had the gold medals, and we're talking shit about it. But we definitely want to get into pickleball. And there was one other thing I wanted to talk to you about, Florida, because I played – I lived in Orlando while I was still playing for the Eagles, so I lived there for a couple of years, and then I played for the Dolphins my last year in the NFL in 93. And I had one major complaint about Florida that I could not get over. Mm. And I, okay. you were talking about it. Only one? No, I had many. That's why my, that's why my <laughs> second home is in Scottsdale and not in Florida. Um, but this was one that, that every time I was outside, and the kids were young then, Mike and Jake and Sid, so I'd be rolling around with them and playing. And you talked about it. The grass is like razor blades. The grass oh, is the awful. most uncomfortable. I, I mean, I wasn't there, had a house there for a couple of months, Jess, and I'm like, what is this grass? I mean, I, I'm I'm I hurting don't... myself <laughs> on this grass. It's awful.
0: Yes. It's so different than what we're used to in yes. the Midwest, Mike. It is like this like thick, stabby grass. I posted it in my Instagram story and I was like, why is the grass in Florida like this? But I actually don't want to know the answer because I know some like guy on Twitter will give me oh, some yeah. like long yeah. article and i don't actually you don't care, care. Right, right. i'm just making yeah. the point that when i'm playing pickleball and i need to sit down and take a break you can't sit on the grass because it like no. pokes you in your yes. ass and it
1: hurts yes so i i, I so there, there were two things that i had to talk to you about and i forgot last week my wife's like did you talk to Jess about pickleball on the grass i'm like shit i forgot <laughs> i said so i gotta make sure i get it this year this time
0: well, I, I will say, Mike, like the reason my, my neck and my arm is all screwed up is because like I said, I grew up playing soccer. So I have like no upper right, body right. strength. Like I, I do play golf. And so that's helpful, but it's like all my right arm. And so even though it's easy to play, it's still like, it's a new sport. Right. I've never used my so, arm before just to pick cakes out of so the oven.
1: Did you, and we're going to get to that in a second. Did you fall <laughs> down at all when you were playing?
0: No, but I've heard that I've heard that people have been getting injured playing because it can be a trip and fall. Situation, yeah, I don't want to get hurt. You know? I mean,
1: I I, I have. Yeah. And and the other thing about me, once I finish playing, people because you see athletes as they get older still doing competitive shit. I have not one competitive bone in my body anymore. None. Oh no, really? no, no, no. Wow. If they say, hey, come on, you want, it? I'm like, no, I don't give a shit. No, don't care. Playing for fun, not at all. So I don't, <laughs> I don't want to fall down and get hurt playing this game.
0: Yeah. Well, you can you can fall down doing oh, anything, yeah, you true. know, like some someone sent me that New, there was a New York Times article about how so many like senior citizens are getting hurt playing pickleball. And I'm like, well, you can get hurt, you know, taking your dog yeah. for a walk. So you just got to be careful no matter it's what true. you do. In my my, I, when
1: I was walking my three dogs one time, the one went around my legs, took my legs out and I fell down and hurt my elbow. So you can oh, you can hurt yourself walking the dog. So this is what's led to you not baking as much.
0: Well, I haven't had as much time. Like I'm getting up really early because, you know, another complaint about Florida in August, you can't be outside past like 1130 AM because it's miserable. So I've been getting up really early playing. We played for like, nine hours last weekend and then the rest of the day i was just like on the couch sitting in the air conditioning not moving so baking has been not not in the all right
1: all right i'm disappointed in that i I can't say you know that i can be too disappointed because you're out doing an activity and and i think pickleball Mm -hmm. is pretty cool so i'm good with that hopefully i don't know hopefully (laughs) well that's true hopefully you'll get it maybe not cool for your age to be doing it but i know it's something my in my age group it's like a very very popular thing right now Hopefully, oh, yeah. when your body gets in pickleball shape, you won't have to go home and lay down in the air conditioning. You can go home and and get back to to those wonderful delicacies you right. make.
0: Right, right. I'll get back in the kitchen. Oh, stop
1: worry. it! I you would never say that, but <laughs> I wish you would. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the two before we get to the college football, the two headlines. We'll go outside of football first, and this is this on on the macro of this. The micro is Kevin Durant is now staying. With the Nets. They're going to all play together nicely, supposedly. We'll see whether that happens or not. So, but the macro, the big story here to me, Jess, is in the sport where the, the players of this sport in the NBA have the most power and the better player you are, even more power you have, Kevin Durant didn't have it here. I mean, he basically went to the owner and said, it's me or the coach and the GM. And the owner said, it's the coach in the GM. I mean, we,
0: and, and you apparently. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it, it just, I don't know what happened here. I don't know if there was like public posturing and behind the scenes, something else was going on, but yeah, Mike, it's, it's pretty strange. I think, I mean, I don't know what this means before, you know, the next trade deadline. I, maybe he still can get, tra- will get traded, can not get traded. I'm not really sure. Um, I still think the nets will be pretty good this season. Like, if Ben Simmons right. comes back and he's, you know, decent, I think they'll be a good team. I don't know what they'll be able to do in the playoffs because um, we still haven't seen any evidence that they'll be a good playoff team. But yeah, it's just a bizarre nothing. I, I everyone was expecting something dramatic to happen, a big blockbuster trade, like three team, four team trade, and nope. State well, the yeah, because you
1: saw a couple of trades, you know, go on for for a lot of picks and a lot of players. But again, Durant's much older. Uh, so, you know, teams weren't going to give that up. And, and the winners here have to be the Nets fans, right? They don't give a shit about the drama behind the scenes. Because if Durant left, and then if Irvin eventually got traded, even though he opted back, and even if he didn't, if he stayed, they weren't going anywhere with just one person. And God knows what you're getting out of Ben Simmons. But when you have both those guys, Durant and Kyrie, I mean, so and and like you said, if Ben can fit in there somehow, some way, you know the the the, the Nets fans got to be pretty happy that said okay it may be worthwhile going to uh, going to our games this year maybe we'll see some drama too but at least we have a shot yeah. because without Durant uh, they didn't have a shot so I just thought that interesting that that a a power player in a power league you know basically lost his battle basically and we yeah. and we do not see that open or often I should say and in another sport where we see a. a Do you call this a power move as well with Tom Brady? Tom Brady took a leave from, from training camp and it was all copacetic with the team. It was all talked about and and all agreed upon. And he was gone for what? 11 days. I think it was. And, and, and the Bahamas, I mean, is, is this, how about, how about first the story that he was doing the mass singer? I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah. How ridiculous was that? But I mean, it,
0: it it did seem kind of feasible, though. The fact that they were taping at the same time, like he has this Fox broadcast deal when he right. retires and, you know, Gronk was on The mask Singer. But yeah, Trip to the Bahamas seems more realistic now that you, you think about it in hindsight. So so
1: if that's exactly what it is, you know, who knows what more will come out. But let, let's just let let's take it at its face there. If that's what it is, do you have a problem with it?
0: Uh, not really. I mean, does the first half of the preseason matter if you're the starting quarterback? You know, I mean, I genuinely asking because it seems like the preseason kind of matters less and less now for the, starters. The, pre- especially the preseason
1: doesn't matter, but the practices and the time together and the practices with the other teams that you have when they come in and practice against you, quite honestly, I think are better than preseason games. And just the Listen, at the end of the day, it's not going to affect anything. It's not going to affect this play. But but I guess there's part of me as a player and maybe this is where I said while I am old school, I do understand some of the new school, but shit, Tom is old school and new school. But I do think I think old school and new school new school could live together a little bit. But there is part of me that says you know what the whole team is there. The whole team knows when training camp is and the whole team knows how long training camp is. And you've been doing this for 20 some years and you've been at training camp, you know, all that time, maybe missing a day here or there. There's just something a little bit about it that just, if in, fact, and I don't know why it happened now. Maybe when he first retired, they planned this and it was in stone, but, but you got you
0: got, right. And they didn't want to cancel and have to pay a cancellation oh, yeah. fee on their private. That's jet what
1: Tom or, and Giselle can't afford is a cancellation right. fee or work out another time. So, well, while, while I, I would imagine if people hear this, they're going to say, oh, you old fuddy-duddy. You know, you're you're old guy. Let the guy do his fuddy-duddy. Yeah. but there, there's Go play pickleball, Yeah, yeah, man. exactly. There's a, there's a bit about it. You know, there's 90 guys are now 85 or 80, but you know the team that's there. They're all there. They're all there doing yeah. their thing, and you just kind of went off for 11 days. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. That's just...
0: I know. I, I, I hear you. I think that, you know... It, I don't know how how much Tom Brady's engaged with the team during those practices to begin with as a you know forty five year old now. Right. like it's possible that he doesn't really interact with any of the the newer players or camp Very players possible. to begin Very possible. with so he's not you know, I don't know what they expect of him. I don't know if the team feels like, well, it'd be nice if he was a leader and and kind of went through the the shitty part right. of camp with right. us. I don't really. I don't really know that, but I I do hear what you're saying. I don't think that it's that old of a perspective because even, you know, if you're on a team and you're a younger player, like maybe you want that. Maybe, you maybe if you're a, pr- a practice player, you might be excited that the bucks have you for, for, you know, a couple weeks cause you get to play with Tom Brady right. or meet Tom Brady or whatever. I don't really know, but yeah, I, Bahamas are nice too. So if you're, older and you think you need that break before the season and it's going to help you in some way mentally or physically uh, i guess do what you got to do or maybe you just want to go on vacation in which case you've earned it because you're talented. i mean
1: what, what i'm just trying to think of that conversation because again they said it was agreed upon at what point is that conversation right. where you're going into to the coach the gm or whoever and saying you know this is during camp but um looking for a trip to the bahamas and i'll be gone about 11 days right. cool cool all right see ya <laughs> I mean, it's just, I almost couldn't say the words, you know, that that you're leaving your team for that long. Again, I don't know the intricacies of it. I'm just looking at the big picture of it. Um, Well,
0: Mike, maybe maybe we can start a conspiracy theory that this was a secret suspension for his involvement in the uh, Stephen Ross affair of uh the Tom Brady tampering ah. scandal that we found out about a couple weeks ago. Maybe this was his unpaid suspension from NFL activities. Interesting because right
1: now we just believe Tom Brady was a pawn in Stephen Ross's game of life, right? Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: So those are the those are kind of the, the and again, the bigger one is obviously the effect on the on the court that Durant is staying with the Nets and what that team can do. Tom was going to be with, with with Tampa Bay. I don't think it's going to affect this play at all. I just I wonder in now as as this starts to get talked about what and there's obviously a million former players that have shows all over the place. I'll be interested to hear what some of them are saying uh, about it. Um, so who knows? Who knows? So that's that's fun off the field. But there's obviously fun on the field with college football, is there not?
0: Yes, there is, which is why we have on two college football guests, Spencer Hall and Holly Anderson of the Shutdown Fullcast. Uh, we had a great conversation with them about the college football season. And here it is. Mike and I are very happy to bring in, bring on Holly Anderson and Spencer Hall from the Shutdown Fullcast on Meadowlark Media currently. And they also have the Channel 6 newsletter. And they're also my former colleagues at SB Nation. So... We're excited to have Holly and Spencer on. They are college football experts, and that's why I need to start by asking them why are we sending Nebraska and Northwestern to Ireland to start college football season?
2: Because crummy American exports are a tradition that made this country great. Ha <laughs> ha.
3: True. <laughs> it's true. Also that
2: was for Nebraska.
3: Yeah. Additionally. <laughs> additionally, it's given how both teams might look. It's best to detonate that over airspace that's not ours. Yeah, you
2: want an underpopulated area.
3: Right. We're just going to put it over. Uh, also, really, we want to keep the secrets of this country ours. And do we want the world to know how good college football is? No. That's why we're going to send Nebraska and Northwestern.
2: I was going to say, we just got through recording a shutdown full cast, and we went through all the teams that have this. Uh, not a lot of people know this Ireland game has been played since the 80s. Um, the, it really only seemed to re-enter the public consciousness, uh, in the social media era, but this, this game is decades old. And if you only ever consumed college football via the teams that go to Ireland to play in this game, you would have what's basically half of the old big East and the U S military. Yeah. And I think that's interesting.
1: Yeah, it, it, it is. But, but listen, Jess and I have a hand in this back in 2012, both my boys, Mike and Jake played in the game in, in, over in Ireland the year the Notre Dame went undefeated and then lost in the game we shall not speak of. Um, and, and Notre Dame's going next year as well, uh, I believe, to play Navy. And I'm going to go on that trip, too, just to golf, quite honestly. But, uh, yeah, it, it's kind of that. So it's Notre Dame when Notre Dame goes because we're Notre Dame people and we love Notre Dame. Um, uh, it's a big deal. But when Notre Dame doesn't go, then it's not a big deal. So I'm not sure if you guys are Notre Dame haters or not. I know Spencer, you went to Florida, um, so I, I don't know where that puts you in, in in that realm.
2: Now that Brian Kelly is gone, we find ourselves largely agnostic regarding Notre Dame.
1: Yeah, I kind of have to. I have to. <laughs> <name something.
3: laughs> I have to maintain brand consistency and but say that... But it's
2: very... It's difficult at this time to uh, to hate on this new staff.
3: It's very difficult to dislike Marcus Freeman. Yeah. I will say. Now, I'm going to say this. I'm going to overcome the adversity and do it. But, <laughs> but it's very hard to have a principled dislike of Marcus Freeman. So, in other words, I'm just going to have to go to uh, absolute nonsense. I'll have to resort to total foolishness in order... To I think dislike last week this on the show, you called
2: them liberty heavy.
3: I did. I called them liberty heavy, which is <laughs> inaccurate and unfair, but I'm going to own up to it. That's, that's the difference in my punditry. I'm going to own up to it being totally unfair at all times.
0: One of many reasons why SB Nation was a hostile work environment for me. Yes. But while we're talking about reasons to hate Notre Dame, I have to bring this up because, you know, it's, obviously a college football topic everyone's been talking about for the last week. Mike and I have talked about it. The Manti Teo documentary that came out last week. Have you guys watched it and did you have any takeaways?
2: I didn't watch it cause I lived through it at the time. I mean, not, not lived through it. I wasn't involved in the story. I was at sports illustrated. Uh, I think when this broke the, uh, nothing that I can't get into without a policy paper. Um, I, I think that that if this had happened today, it would, like a lot of things that blew up in that era, it would be uh, much less of a big deal. Um, I think Deadspin doesn't come off great, but a lot of things in that era of sports media uh, don't come off great. Um, Fortunately, we fixed all those problems today.
3: Yeah. Uh, The serious note I have from that is it's very hard in real time to process a story like that and remember that everybody are people. Like, flawed Like flawed people making sometimes bad decisions for very, very understandable reasons, even if it is something outrageous like that. So I thought like from what I've heard about the documentary, they do a fairly good job of reminding people of that. The thing I have heard that troubles me, and it is the reason I may watch this, there are a few people in that documentary who hint at the story being enough of a distraction that the horror does not happen. No. I would just like to say that if no. that's in the documentary, I will take issue with that because I went after this discussion came up and I rewatched the first half of that game. And no, no, no. Like Eddie, you had Eddie Lacey and TJ Yellow. players and, were
2: so bored, they were fighting it's each just, other. Yeah,
3: just like not a great. Styles make fights, and that yeah. was a really bad fight. So if that's so, in the documentary. So
1: it, it, it's not. Interesting note a couple of notes because I did live that with both boys on that team in that game. Yeah. And that year when that all went on with Manti first, and I thought was really interesting at the combine the month after the national championship game where there were Notre Dame players and Alabama players, the Bama players actually said to the Notre Dame players, we thought we were going to get hammered in that game. We, we They thought mm-hmm. Notre Dame was, was going to be the, the, the better team. And, now going back to what you said, Spencer, you're absolutely right. All they they did not say that was a reason for that loss. What they did bring up is is I think it was Manti's dad said, you know that just Manti just didn't play his game. You know he he was not yeah. on his game, and it would not matter if Manti played out of his mind. They would not have won that game the way that was going. So no, that was not used um, as a, as as an excuse. But living that year knowing some of the things you you hear from your kids who are in that locker room um it was it was interesting as we were my wife and I were watching going oh you know I, we we saw what Manti was doing now again he's a young kid then young kid is I guess is relative in how you put it um, but I, what what I did not realize is that we were in an area. I guess from the timing standpoint, we didn't really know a lot about catfishing at that point, we, did we? Not. I. I wasn't sure where, where catfishing came in, and I did not did not realize that. But it. I think Manti definitely got out of it what he wanted to get out of it because there have been a lot of a lot of talk toward him and public talk toward him about feeling bad for what he got caught in and and things like that. When I think there may be players on the team who, who may not feel like that as much as the public might
3: yeah i think there was something interesting about the game um justin mike that was I, I want full credit and at the risk of betraying my own brand i watched that first half and i thought man there's a lot of really good ideas here like there's this is a good game plan there's a really there's a lot of really good ideas like if i was going to play that alabama team I would have done all of this right, like they're trying to get the ball to Tyler Eifert. They're moving, right. you know. They're they're doing quick passing. They're doing everything you should do, yeah. and I just it just didn't work. It just like it was just one of those things where you go, ah, this is not happening.
2: You can't fight physics. There's a degree to which you can't fight physics.
3: Yeah. Also, shouts out to Eddie Lacy. Eddie Lacy's a big beefy boy. We need more big beefy boys
1: at running back in football. Bring them. Back. We have talked. We have talked way too much about this game. Way, yes. way, <laughs> way too much about this game. We're going to need we're going to need to move on to the Marcus Freeman era, which which, you know, we I look at the first week of the season and for years it had always been big boys against little boys. But we started going ranked ranked a little more uh, the last few years. And we're certainly getting that this year uh, with, with a few games. But from our standpoint, you know, it's going to be number five Notre Dame against number two Ohio State at Ohio State with Ohio State being about a 14 point favorite in this one. Uh, nobody's really giving ND a shot in this one. Is that? Is that, How do you guys see this? Well, week one, I don't actually feel that bad about this
3: matchup because Ohio State's problem hasn't been the offense; it's been the defense. Right. Um, you know, last we saw them, they were giving up scads of points to both Michigan and yeah. to Utah, right? Which full credit to Utah. You're going to see them come out week one and paste Florida. They are. Yep. They... Every
2: every few years we forget how much we love Utah just as a football yep. concept, yeah. like how much we love the Whittingham version of Utah. And I think this year is going to be a big reminder for people who have never really, uh, who have never really noticed them before. I think they're, I think they're going to come bullying, and I'm really excited to see it.
3: Yeah, and and I don't think when you usually when you have a turnover in a coaching staff, you say, well, they've got all new people, all new staffs, all new systems, right? That's not exactly the case with Notre Dame. There's still like a lot of good things in place that already work. So To be
2: clear, we think Notre Dame has upgraded coach.
3: I I think in some ways they have. I, I do. I really do. And and like full credit full credit to Brian Kelly, if you were to tell me that, you know, he was going to have that long and stable and successful a run at Notre Dame, I would have bet against it. Um, not because he's a, yep. gr- not a great coach. I think that's pretty well established. I think it's just cause he's very abrasive. He's a very abrasive, uh, dude. And for him to hang around that long and manage the relationship that well, that's the surprising thing. I think that's the thing where he might last a little bit longer at LSU than you think he might, because yeah, that's a volatile job.
2: See, I would think that would, I, I think it's going to shorten his tenure, uh... But like I think that's going to be a handicap.
3: I will say this: I don't know what will shorten your tenure at LSU. No, that's fair. Because the dude, the dude who was perfect for that gig, who was I think the ideal in terms of like personal fit,
2: yeah,
3: just bombed out of that show, right? Like just bond that gig after winning a national title, something like I wouldn't she have predicted. probably
2: mentioned his name at this point.
3: Ed Odron. wouldn't have wouldn't have predicted that either way.
2: Nick Saban, whatever happened yeah. to that guy?
3: But it, the big problem <laughs> is that Ohio State Ohio State can do the thing that teams that may not be firing on all cylinders, especially on defense, where they still have issues. And I still think that, particularly at linebacker, which used to be like for years and years and years, you'd go, "Man, Ohio State's got linebackers." I'd have, you know I can worry about a lot of other things, but linebackers have been a rock solid stalwart position for them that hasn't been the case in a while
2: but all that said if you have to catch this team you want i love week one because the squirreliness factor for every team no matter who you are is turned up to 11 i you know i know it's i know that this is not the part that the players and the coaches necessarily love but as a spectator i love the weeks where it's apparent that at every snap everybody's like shit wait what and then they run you know, nobody nobody knows entirely what they're doing. Nobody knows entirely what they have in week one, and that more than that more than the wait, more than the long lead up to the season, um, is is what gets me so excited for the start of the season because you get to see everybody with no polished edges just yet.
3: I, I, I'll say this: great teams cover. <laughs> great teams cover.
0: I've been saying tonight. this. I said this during the college football playoff when Notre Dame covered the spread against Alabama. Spencer and no one right. wanted to listen to me.
3: Great teams cover. So I think 14 is a big number there. How's that? Does that make you feel a little better? That,
1: that, that, that is a big number and, and you're right. And looking at these teams, it's the defensive side of the ball. Ohio state fans will kind of hold their breath on a little bit. The only problem is for Notre Dame's offense, you're breaking in a new quarterback. One of your wide receivers is out for the season. You don't have a lot of depth there. You got a great tight end and some back. So it's going to be interesting how they're going to move the ball and score some points, but you're absolutely right about week one. Cause there is no preseason in college football. So sometimes you get God and sometimes you get, so you just don't know you can and the squirrely factor, how I like how you put it. Cause that's exactly right. It, it, there are a lot of, Oh shit moments and a lot of, you know, hands on <laughs> hip moments and bent over moments. And, and I thought I was in shape moments until the shit gets real, you know, in a, in a huge game like this. So it will, We'll see. It'll be very interesting. Um, but, you know, we talk about, uh, obviously, at the top Alabama again. Nick Saban could have the greatest contract of all time, considering that it gets redone every time somebody goes above him. I mean, it, it, it is amazing what he has. It, his guaranteed compensation is less than the average of the top three highest paid coaches in the SEC or less than the average of the five highest paid coaches nationally whichever is the higher of the two averages. I mean, what a great deal. You never have to do anything. You just coaches do shit around you, get paid, get paid a lot of money and they have to basically come to you and say, we now have to give you more money. I mean, it could be the great, I, I, the greatest contract of all time.
2: He has to smile every once in a while. That's going to mm, be rough. for painful.
1: him. Yeah, that's that <laughs> painful. Yeah, he's got to yeah. talk to other
3: people occasionally. Uh, We're really missing out on all the ancillary and secondary benefits of this package. That's where Alabama really gets you. Remember Bear Bryant when he was there? Every time he wanted a raise, he had one of the coolest tricks I've ever seen, which was don't worry about giving me a raise, y'all. Go ahead. Just give me a little piece of that company. He gradually got slices in company after company and bank after bank And a lot of that is why his son is one of the wealthiest people in Alabama because he was so well (laughs) positioned in banking and other industries, including, yes, dog tracks. Remember, one of Alabama's biggest boosters, and the son of Bear Bryant made his money on dog tracks. I've never told a joke. I just have to say what is. Um, But the other thing, first of all, Nick gets set up with his retirement plan, which are connections with all of the, remember, dealerships. He has dealerships. There's a Mercedes
2: partnership. Multiple dealerships.
3: Which, while not part of the contract, is certainly built into the Alabama business structure as something we might be able to help you with, Nick, as you look down the road <laughs> into your retirement. He's never retiring. He's just going to keep making money off of the Mercedes dealerships. Hey, Adi- better than real estate. Yeah. Additionally, they bought his house at one point, if you remember, as a, just a way yep. of clearing yep. the deck. They bought Nick's house. So, Yeah. It doesn't just stop with the salary. The salary is a great deal. And mathematically, it's always going to be a great deal for him. The real perks come when you stop counting the cash that comes from the university and get to all of the stuff around it.
0: Uh, I want to talk about another weird college football coach, which is probably the weirdest, Jim Harbaugh. Uh, Mm -hmm. In the offseason, we saw Michigan lose... In in dramatic fashion in the playoffs, no, and then oh. he interviewed for the Vikings job.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> well, I didn't. I was at a wedding actually, yeah, and I, I, did a, I did make I did make that a point in my um my maid of honor speech because the groom was a Michigan grad and he was very upset he was missing missing the game. Anywho, Jim Harbaugh interviewed for the Vikings job and then decided to come back to Michigan. Uh, that that point seems to have been forgotten in this long dramatic uh, coaching carousel offseason. But now he's back at Michigan. Do you think that they'll have a chance at going back to the, uh, the college football playoff? I know there's a quarterback controversy there. Like, what do we make of Michigan this year?
3: It's very difficult for me to see them going back just because they caught a certain... I think they're one of those teams that caught fire. I think they're one of those teams that really, especially defensively, they really found something that worked. And they've got to replace some parts on defense, right? Which is
2: not to chalk up their entire 2021 campaign to luck, but, I mean, you guys know, to go... Undefeated, so many things have to go right. Like it takes even for the best teams, it takes so much luck. It takes so much correct bounces. It takes so much injury prevention. You know, one and and not just from a strength and conditioning perspective, but from a you know, guy steps six inches to the right on a wet patch of grass, uh, you know, and you know, Aiden Hutchinson's knee explodes out of nowhere, you know, and your season's over. But it's it's hard to see. I would say this about any team. Like, this is not about Michigan. It is so hard to see teams that are not <laughs> that are not built like Bama and Ohio State uh, repeating because they don't have – you know, it's an infrastructure question. It's not really a coaching or a talent or a resources question. I mean, resources maybe. But it's, you know, it is, if it were easy or if it were even feasible most years for many of these teams to repeat, they would do it.
3: Yeah, it's it's gonna be very like hard. I'm
2: I'm playing numbers. This is not this is not about Michigan. Like this is not I would say this about any team in Michigan's position.
3: Yeah, they do also have a big obvious potential problem down the road, which is that if the defense does not perform as they did last year, then there will be pressure on the quarterback. Because remember, this is a team sport. We don't have problems alone. <laughs> One thing influences the other. Any quarterback controversy between McNamara and McCarthy will become Uh, very, very painful very, very quickly for them. It's something that has kind of been the norm there. It's very weird that Harbaugh hasn't really settled on a quarterback with great conviction despite being an avowed quarterback's dude.
2: We have been in the position more than once over his tenure at Michigan to ask non-rhetorically, what are you teaching these guys? Because they're, listen, I'm a Tennessee fan. I know from bad fifth year quarterbacks. Okay. I, I know what it, I know what it is to watch a guy run out for his fifth season and just say, okay, they've been teaching you what for the past five years, but it, for a, a vaunted quarterbacks whisperer, like Harbaugh, it's that progress has been really hard to see sometimes. And that's, um, I, I really hate being that person coming into the preseason going, well, it's a quarterback, but you know, this is we we had the same question about Mark Richt for a really long time. Yeah, and look what happened.
1: Hey, listen, I mean, I, I've been when I when I had a a show an everyday show, I, I would bring this up more than a few times that Harbaugh's supposed to be this quarterback guy. They can't get a quarterback in there that they develop over time. And of course, you know, Michigan rip on me because they're Notre Dame haters. But I'm like, I'm just just telling you the truth. I mean, it's not like it's not like Brian You're Kelly was developing. <laughs>
2: Like they're the ones who told us this about Jim Harbaugh. Yeah. Like we are not the ones who decided this about him. We are not the ones who called him this, you know, this fantastic sculptor of quarterbacks. So where's the pie?
3: Also, there's an interesting comparison in that, it like in that, Mike, which is this: who managed to get better production out of quarterbacks consistently over their tenure, Kelly or Harbaugh? It's been Kelly. Yeah. Kelly, I mean, one year and going back to Cincinnati. the Gino Gadulia days, Um, there was one year where I believe Kelly played three different quarterbacks and there was very little drop off in quality between them, which points to one, a great system and two, making it easy. Like, Like putting people in a position to succeed. That's what a coach is supposed to do. I don't know if Harbaugh, it's odd. Harbaugh has put almost everyone on that team in a position to be better than their predecessors to increase the depth. And improve the talent at every position. That includes quarterback. It's just they haven't been as successful as everybody else.
2: And this is the thing I keep hammering on in our show. He's, you know, he's paid. There are multiple people in that staff paid millions of dollars to put to do nothing but put these like four or five specific kids in a position to succeed. And it's very fair to ask why we haven't seen more results out of that.
1: Yeah, it is fair. And as far as Brian Kelly, the only problem then with Brian Kelly. Is is he play musical chairs with his quarterbacks too much? So they'd be looking over their shoulders. And he was and mean over... to them. Oh yeah, well I mean a coach being Isn't mean, he mean you know, he's, he's
0: mean to everybody.
1: Could, <laughs> he is mean to everybody, and 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 also neither coach has put an NFL in in the or a quarterback in the NFL that has done anything in a while. Well, so it, I it, think it,
0: Ian it, Book had his first preseason touchdown last week, Mike.
1: Well, I mean, yes. I, oh, <laughs> you, you oh know, my god, I think, my, yeah. bones
0: are, my bones Big are crumbling up, to
2: dust. Oh I God. I don't
1: know if I'm a five star quarterback if I'm going to either Brian Kelly or Harbaugh at this point because uh, of uh of the development challenges they have. Just quickly, I I don't know how your friends have a wedding on a, a playoff oh, weekend. I mean, what what are you doing?
0: I know. I uh, this is like always a college football debate going into the fall. Like, can you have a fall wedding if you're a college football fan? It's not a debate.
1: Like... It's a rule. I...
0: Mike, I'm with you. I feel like the tide has shifted and now people are like, have your wedding, whatever you want. You know, like the wedding industrial complex is too hard to navigate. If you have to block out certain months, I get that. Mm-hmm. But like, there's so few home college football games. Like one of my, my Notre Dame roommate got married the night of the USC Notre Dame game. And it was a home game that year. And I, mean, I was like, come Why? on, what are you doing? And then doing? like my friend, the, the playoff, the playoff only happens one day. Like what? And she, you know, my, my, this is my best friend. So I was a maid of honor. I had to go. Her husband had no idea that Michigan would finally make the playoff. I thought Notre Dame had a chance of making it. And I was going to be the one who was the asshole on their phone all night, but no, it was the groom. So like tons of pressure off my back, but I'm like, I'm with you.
1: Oh, that's just, I will will
2: throw out. I will speak up for the other side. Um, I'm the child of two Tennessee alums who got married on the third Saturday in October because my mother wanted to see who would choose her over the Bama game if I live (laughs) to be 100 I will never have that level of self-possession and one time I asked her I said mom what happened so like who skipped your wedding you know who showed up and who didn't and she goes oh you've never met them
1: yeah (laughs) oh she cut them out huh Game. well no
2: you gotta have the only problem I had was they couldn't find a bartender for the reception so my grandfather did (laughs)
3: Yeah. Wow. Game of Thrones level thinking. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's incredible. Speaking.
2: Yeah. That
3: is, is a the, ballsy
1: she's move.
2: The only person I know who has done this on purpose.
1: Wow. Um, and, well, and yeah, she did it for gone. a reason. I, at least she had a reason. Like she was yeah. she was like doing an experiment. Yeah. Um, that that was that was pretty interesting. All right, yeah. yeah listen, we, we, we know all the, the, the top teams again, you know, especially the top two or three teams. Who are who is a team or maybe a couple of teams that may go, huh? You know, okay. Well, why will well, they surprised us a little bit this year that that we may not be thinking of that could make a little bit of a run?
2: I'm. This is going to get posted on the internet, right?
1: Yeah, it is. A hundred percent. Okay,
2: yeah. uh, I'm. I'm going to regret this. UCF.
1: Yeah. yeah. UCF. <laughs> I'm wondering yeah. about this.
2: Um, I, y'all, and it's not even. It's it's more of a vibes thing than anything else. It's just Gus looks so relaxed down there. He looks. (laughs) It's it's such a contrast in the quality of life between the Auburn crucible and living in Orlando. You know, he and his wife just cut a quarter million dollar check uh, to a university foundation. He looks like he's not wearing a visor. He looks. In the photo, I've never seen his head without a without a vibes on it. He looks younger he, now that he's let his hair grow gray, yeah. and more than that and in watching Bo Nix progress over the past over the post Auburn post malzon years do we now have to go back and reassess Gus Malzon? because I think we might have underrated him at the time doing what he did with Bo Nix at that age
1: yeah I UCF Spencer I know you're not going that route I mean, I no, no. I second that. Actually, I'll second. Really, it. It brings but, me no yeah. pleasure.
2: It brings me no pleasure. But, but I, I'm concerned ugh. that they might be really good. I mean, my
3: favorite, my favorite spots in college football are between 15 and five, which are teams that aren't going to win the title, but that are going to hurt you. And that they're going
2: the, the Utah to UCLA. Pipeline. Utah, Utah,
3: <laughs> I'm a big fan of Utah. Big fan listen, of them this year. Utah. Listen, like I'm just going to give you like rapid fire things to watch that are going to be cool. And teams that are going to continue to be very good because they are good in many different ways. Um, watch Utah because they're strong up the middle defensively at tackle and the linebacker, like the tackle linebacker safety pipeline is always really strong with Utah. They're set there and they have the best offense they've had in a while with cam rising they, I would follow Kentucky because Kentucky... Can, Kentucky
2: is fun. Can,
3: I mean, if you are at all concerned about them offensively, I have two things to say to you. One, Will Levis is a yeah. very good quarterback who will only improve with age. Two... I also know that it doesn't matter whether that particular brand of football has an offense. They're going to find a way to win 8, 9, 10 games anyway. So- and
2: again, no pleasure. These are division rivals of both of our alma maters that we're, that we're talking about here. Um, Kentucky's amazing. Yeah, they're so much fun to watch.
3: They've gotten to the point where Mark Stoops can actually publicly beef with John Calipari, which should say something about how good they're feeling about what they do. Just a few more. Um, I'd watch DTR out at UCLA. I don't really know how great the team is going to be, but he's a superb quarterback who has been playing in a system he's super comfortable in. And that's always dangerous uh, when you have a position that isn't settled at you know 70 to 80% of the opponents they'll be facing.
2: This is weird to say for a chip program, but like they're almost flat. Like in terms of expectations game, they're almost flying under the radar at this point. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. Kansas State. Mom. It's because um, they're in the Big
0: but, Ten. And, you know, the Big Ten always, people are going to focus on Ohio State and Michigan.
2: Well, it's it's because they're too focused on academics.
3: Yeah. I think Adrian Martinez at Kansas State um, is, I, I believe I have. Still? Yeah, transferred. Yeah, transferred. Okay, there's um, there's
2: my pick of the year for still.
3: Yeah, transferred to okay. Kansas State as starter. They also have something he never really had at Nebraska, which is a run threat to balance that in the form of 5 nothing Deuce Vaughn, who is like the second coming of work done. He is a pocket running back and a delight to watch. Kansas State does everything really well, and they are a very difficult team to even when they are on the butt end of the talent differential slope, right?
2: I, this is one of the things that I, I don't want to get into the realignment slog because we were able to talk about real sports now, but <laughs> I wish we had gotten to see, I, I wish we had gotten to see this Chris climate administration play out over a period of years, over a larger canvas of big 12. Cause yeah. I'm real interested to see how they would stack up yeah, against bigger powers than they're, than they're going to be playing.
3: Yeah. Right. Also like, pesky team in the same pesky team in the same conference that i think people have overlooked it's still going to be oklahoma state because spencer sanders is just one of those dudes who is i'm going to use a new adjective here stetson bennett-esque a dude who (laughs) just picks up first downs just a quarterback you have to respect even if he throws three interceptions in a quarter he's capable of having the kind of game where you go i can't believe that dude beat us but he did Oh,
0: and now the, yeah. the Big ahead, 12, Jeff. the Big 12 now with Lincoln Riley at USC and Brent Venables starting there seems a little bit more wide open. Like, I think Baylor should be pretty good again this year. Yeah. Oklahoma State, like you said, ended the season on a pretty high note, beating Notre Dame in the Fiesta Bowl, um, which means that I think they're one of the best teams in college football. Um, but it it feels like it could be a, a wide open conference, right? Mm. I'll
2: I'll watch any team Dave Aranda coaches from here on out. Like wherever wherever that dude goes, I'm in. Like I want I want to see what he does, Mad Scientist wise. If
3: you talk to people who interact with Dave Aranda, even the people who are are his most fervent, I think this is. I
2: think what you're about to say is unfair. I want I want it known for the record that what (laughs) you're about to say is unfair because I know what you're gonna say.
3: They say he's weird. They'll be like, man, Dave is real weird. They say he's weird,
2: but when you dig into what do you mean by he's... This is coming from talking to people at Big 12 Media Days. Mm-hmm. And then when you get people to dig into what do you mean by saying Dave Aranda's weird, you get introspective and unusually emotionally intelligent is what so, they're actually trying to
3: So, for to instance, say. before, before the, the Big 12 championship game, Dave Aranda would tell anybody that he had experienced real doubt about whether he was you know, the dude for the, and the, the job o- of football coach. And he's open talking
2: about this. He's very
3: open about it. He's and, like, and
2: not in like a Charlie Brown, like, <laughs> not that. <laughs> but he's he's like, he is genuine about his own doubts and fears in a way that I think freaks people out. Yeah. And he gets tagged as weird. And I'm like, hey, man, I'm an extroverted introvert. Come on, let's hang out.
3: Yeah. So he, he did that. And then according to everyone I talked to, it was like, yeah, he went that. And we were like, yeah, well, I don't know if this guy's all right. Like, I worry about him. And then they went out and beat ass. So um that's, and he's brilliant. He's brilliant. And I think like more tactically, if you want to know what they do so well, they are so good at understanding what a defense has to do to compete in this era against spread offenses every single down. They're so good at working out of nickel. They're so good at taking dudes and, and doing what they do well. We're coming back to a theme. He does hybrid players so well. If you're a tweener, who run? Who blazes? If you're a guy who's not quite a linebacker and not quite a safety, and you run a, a four-three, and were the track champion at you know from some small, if you were like the track champion of Northern New Mexico, he's going to find you, and they'll take you to Baylor, and they will train you up into being something that is a unique commodity ideally built for working in today's college football.
2: And I say I'd follow him wherever he goes, but he had opportunities to leave Baylor and did not. Here's okay. Here's the one thing where I, I think Dave Miranda actually is weird. He likes it there. That's weird. <laughs> yeah. That is weird.
1: The amazing thing about weird coaches is players don't give a shit, especially no. guys no. on the defensive side of the ball. As a former defensive player, I don't care what you do stand on the, on the, on the desk and scream at the mountaintops, but if you run a defense that helps me and puts me in a position to do well, I'm cool. And if I can be that tweener and make plays, because when I was playing, tweeners weren't in the game. You know, there wasn't a spot for them, but you know, that's what the evolution of football has done. It's found spots for them. So you look at coaches and that's one thing again, going back to Notre Dame, Marcus did very well getting a guy like Isaiah Foskey in a great position yeah. in the defense that he does. So as a defensive player now, what what you want coaches to be able to do is get players to buy in, and those are, that's a, that's a guy uh, that will make you buy in. Speaking of the word buy, so where we are now, we're a little over a year into NIL. See, I don't I don't think in in a quick statement about realignment and where we're going to end up, too suit for conferences, whatever. I don't think it's going to affect college football at all. I, I you know alumni are going to pack the stadiums and watch. We're not going to have the, the, the rivalries we had once, but but we lost some of that in the Big 12 when they went to the Big 10, Nebraska's of the world. I think college football is going to be fine from, from that respect. From the NIL, for the two of you, where we are now and where we are, say, three to five years from now, do you think it will be vastly different? Like, will we actually have guardrails in place or will we still kind of be running the same show?
2: I don't know if we'll have guardrails actively put in place so much as we'll have them reactively put in place by market correction. Does that make sense?
1: Yes. Yeah,
3: I think you're going to get. I think there will be a there will be a series of peaks and valleys. There will be an occasional boom and bust on the value of nil. Yeah. I think you've already seen unusual things like Quinn Ewers, Quinn Ewers getting really good nil money, uh, and then transferring. And, and then keeping it, which is everybody who. Which
2: hey, that's business.
3: That's business. That's going to happen. You're, you know? you're
2: watching a little business ecosystem operate in a. Ter- it's really interesting because it is so because it is so divorced from, you know, so much of the outside world. You're basically watching it operate a market ecosystem operate in a terrarium here, which is fascinating.
3: Yeah, and I think you'll also get some schools that started slow coming back with a vengeance. I think you'll get schools. That maybe fell behind. You'll in get our, schools
2: that'll flame out in their first iteration too. And yeah, then like build carefully on the second one. You'll get schools that'll never get it right.
3: Yeah, like I, I think you see schools like Miami who they've been very proactive and very aggressive with how they've built their NIL structure. Consequently, that's it weird. I've up. barely
0: heard anything about that. Yeah. yeah
3: I mean, it was, oh, that's it. Anything? No? Wait, I will tell you all about it, Justin. you have a minute. Let me okay? tell you
2: about the influx of Miami. Uh, did Jess, did you find the <laughs> influx of Miami readers and consumers that are a difficult adjustment when you join Metal Art? Because it's still kind of catching
0: me off my back foot. They know not to talk to me or interact with me, Holly. Okay, good. They're, smarter, good. they're smart.
3: <laughs> but yeah, I, think you, I think you'll see schools that got a quick start like Miami. Yeah. Encounter the natural limitations of their market. Like Miami's not a, like they don't have that much It's not money. a
2: large school. They don't.
3: Yeah. I think they got very organized very quickly, and they got a head start that can carry them for a while. But I think you'll see bigger schools that have a wider alumni base and more cash start to catch up to that. Like I think Michigan's a great example because Michigan um, allegedly a little behind in the nil money. Michigan has all the money in the world. We know that because we run a fundraiser. <laughs> and we catch a pretty slim margin, a, a, a pretty niche margin of Michigan fans, and they dominate. When they figure out NIL, they're going to be a force. A keep robust, giving us
2: money, though. Michigan yeah, keep, keep
3: giving us money, yeah. Like, keep signing us to NIL deals for charity. Yeah, But I, I think you'll see some catch up. I also think you'll see this. I think, you know, hopefully the dialogue that we have about this focuses less and less on NIL because – we're going to get a couple of court cases where i know amateurism is going to lose amateurism's had its ass handed to them every time they've gone to court it is not an official case it is merely a it is merely a commentary and it's not legal precedent but when you have the most conservative supreme court in recent human memory Come down and say your business model is exploitative and has no merit in the marketplace as a fair exchange of goods and you services. You made Brett
2: Kavanaugh have a good point.
3: Yeah, don't do that. What are that's you not, doing? Yeah, that's that's, that's bad. Yeah, <laughs> like when they don't buy it, then it's dead. So when that comes down, we'll have to see what kind of pressure is exerted by things that are going to make nil look relatively paltry. You know, it's going to look like everything else. Like too long didn't read. It's going to look like everything else and that you will ultimately have money in the form of something like a salary, and then you'll have endorsements on top of that. In other words, just like every other athlete. Right, Mm
1: -hmm. right. I I like the endorsement now by Hooters. I think they've signed 51 offensive linemen. um, One of them is from Vanderbilt. I mean, yeah. how, the amount of wings that will be eaten is is going to be just absolutely awesome. So, last thing for me, and Holly, this is more to you. Now, are going to Tennessee. I called the Tennessee game last year, and I got, when I was there, I got a gift for my daughter and her um, now husband, it was before the mm-hmm. wedding, uh, for them to use at the wedding. I went to the Smoky Mountain Knife Works in Pigeon, uh, was it Pigeon Forge? Mm-hmm. The Pigeon largest- the largest knife store in the world, and I got her a sword. Her and her husband cut the cake with a sword I bought from that from that store. That's,
2: you're basically a full cast member now. You know awesome. this, right? The amount, of time, the amount of time that we have spent talking about Pigeon Forge knife establishments.
3: Oh, yeah. it's
0: phenomenal. Um, well done. Yeah. Well, Ten. well done. Flawless. Oh. I have one more one more question for you guys before you go. A- along mm-hmm. the same ilk in that like we like to have fun here. Um the Fun Belt. They they had some you know under the radar conference realignment this this past year. I know they're not like a, a sexy Power 5 conference, but I oh, love the group great. of 5. I, like I know you guys do. The,
2: I like them better than a couple of the Power Conferences.
0: Absolutely. So, uh, what do we what do we expect out of these new newcomers to the Sun Belt? Like James Madison now. What what what's going to happen with them this season? Well, you have.
2: This is a – Oh God, I'm going to have to say something really serious about Sun Belt football, and I'm sorry about this. But remember <laughs> that when you to to fans of these teams, and I know that I'm talking to half of our colleagues in. Uh, sports media, when I talk about JMU, go Dukes. But remember when you are measuring these guys jumping into the pool, that you are measuring them against the standards of teams like – I think App State and Georgia Southern kind of blew the curve, for a, like, blew the grading curve for a lot of people. Um, and when you it, – it, should you find yourself under duress, just remember that I the, the degree to which App State and Georgia Southern came in and were able to spread their wings and soar is not normal. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it's okay. It, it's okay to take a few years to uh, to paddle and get your feet wet. I I, I am all about you. You know, I, I am all about the optimism. I am. I would never say a bad word against JMU, but just remember that not everybody is going to come in. Uh, like those two schools. I, I think they set unfair expectations, maybe, for teams that were following behind them, which by which I mean they were really fun to watch Listen, when they first came in.
3: The only like the team of the state of Virginia is are the Dukes, right? It's and everyone else is running for second place. That, second
2: place is the Spiders.
3: It may be the Spiders, yeah. 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 Um, but like I, JMU's long term prospects, awesome. They're really good. The only team in America that I will say 100% does everything the right way in terms of marketing. Playbook, uh, presentation, and attitude uh, is Coastal Carolina. That's the way everybody should do everything. Mm-hmm. They should 100% in terms of the football product, all right? I've said that right now, but w- w- watch, it'll turn out that like Coastal Carolina is in fact just a front for money laundering and like. <laughs> oh, that would
2: be- Right. That's totally in keeping with their brand. That's a different. How do kind you of... launder a jet ski? It's That's too a... big. You have to launder cash. It's smaller. It's
3: it's cool. I don't want to put it on air. I but wait, you can, do can it. I
2: can I drop a quote here real quick that I think yeah. sums up this experience beautifully? I got a text from a Clemson professor uh, during a nationally. I guess it must have been the BYU game because mm-hmm. how many national coastal yeah. games did we have last year? Um, and he said, does the pro, he had been watching a a shot of the student section and he was like, do they hand out belly button piercings with diplomas at Coastal? (laughs) Ah, I said, ah, yes. Yeah. Yes. Like this is, Coastal is, I I think Richard Roper, I think said this about the movie Hot Tub Time Machine when it came out. He said, movies that title themselves Hot Tub Time Machine are really doing you a service because you know, going in based on the title, Hot Tub Time Machine, whether or not this is a movie for you. Coastal Carolina makes it very apparent right out front, mm-hmm. whether or not this is a team you're going to vibe with.
3: Yeah. Also, there al- are
2: there are no mysteries here, and I find that refreshing.
3: Yeah. So, in other <laughs> words, yeah, in addition to everything else about the Sun Belt, that's awesome. They have the best newcomer coming in, who I know is going to be good in a couple of years, and they have the best
1: thing going in Coastal Carolina. Best, t- best ticket in college sports right now, Coastal Carolina
2: game.
1: Hey, Watch well, more Sun wa- Belt. And if they have been laundering money for years, more, more power to them. They've been getting away with it. So <laughs> you know, what the hell? I mean, the coast is right there. All it's not called illegal. inland Carolina. It's All coast. Crime you is
3: know?
1: Legal. <laughs> oh guys, Holly and Spencer, this is, this has been fantastic. We really, uh, really appreciate your time. It's fun to talk college, uh, college football and, and other things uh, as well. Like uh, weddings on. Yeah. Swords. swords. That was I, 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 That's a great I way to, to st- launder
0: money, by the way.
1: Let me tell you, that is a yeah. was a phenomenal shop. A, fun, I can't even did call it a shop. Did you also go to China Knife Bazaar? Because there's a competing store. I did not. I went to that one, Holly. It took me long enough to walk through that thing. Fair we enough. ended up. I ended yeah. up getting a. I ended up getting a katana sword. You know, mm-hmm. but there were so many different That's ones to does. look at. I mean, I took all my time in that mm-hmm. one, so that it wasn't sword. It wasn't sword store. Shopping, it was one store, you know, and I'm gonna do everything in there. But my God, it was it was impressive. And I mean yeah. it was packed. That and yeah. they say it's always packed like that.
2: It is for for those of you for those of you looking to repeat this beat, Smoky Mountain Knifeworks is where you want to go for more of a wedding present vibe. If you're buying throwing stars for your nephew, you want China Knife yeah. Bazaar in Gatlinburg. <laughs> It's more of like a, a Spencer Gifts knife store vibe.
3: It's, I will argue, I will say this, we're both from the state. I think the authentic experience of going to Tennessee is, welcome to Tennessee, here's a knife for your child and some taffy. Yeah, that's a very well, no, <laughs>
2: that's
1: that works. I, I was
2: born and raised about 45 minutes from Smoky Mountain Knife Works, so I can I can say with, with hand on heart that you, you executed that flawlessly. Well
1: done. Oh, it was fantastic. Well, thank you. <laughs> and thank you guys for your time. We do we do really appreciate it. Hey, right,
2: thanks, y'all. Great to be here.
1: Thanks.